This is The Drive with Josh Graham podcast. We're internet sensations, guys. Tune into The Drive weekday afternoons, 3 to 7 on WSJS. You are on a Tuesday drive. It is WSJS, News Talk Sports for the Triad, where due to Duke basketball 7 o'clock tip tonight, our show will be cut short 30 minutes. We'll get out of here around 5.30. Speaking of Duke, you're going to be shocked by this. Riley Leonard has announced he's transferring to Notre Dame. What? As if him following nearly half the Irish football team on IG the day that he entered the portal wasn't enough of a giveaway or the day that the announcement came out that he was entering the portal, every insider saying, watch out for Notre Dame, wasn't to tell. This isn't the only quarterback news, though. Drake May is officially finished as North Carolina's quarterback. He announced he's skipping the Mayo Bowl, and as expected, he's declaring for the NFL draft. And even though this isn't a popular opinion yet, it will be. So let's get ahead of it right now. Drake May's going to be the number one pick in April, not Caleb Williams. Thanks to the dumpster fire that is the Carolina Panthers at 1-12, and it's likely going to be the Chicago Bears making that pick. And even though they have Justin Fields at the moment, they are not passing on drafting Drake. And here's why it'll be Drake and not Caleb Williams. Drake has better physical traits. Drake is three inches taller than Caleb Williams is. Drake's a better runner. That isn't talked about enough. Hashtag deceptive speed. Hashtag gym rat. Hashtag, you know, sneaky fast, all those things. But Drake has rushed for over 1,000 yards the last two years. Drake May, I think, has Caleb Williams by more than 250 yards rushing the last two seasons. Drake has a better arm than Caleb Williams does. Last year, the Bryce Young-CJ Stroud debate is going to be brought up when it comes to Drake versus Caleb. Remember, Bryce Young was the one that had the Heisman Trophy. C.J. Stroud did not. C.J. Stroud, he had the physical tools. He was the conventional traits guy. Bryce Young was not. Caleb Williams, or pardon me, C.J. Stroud, he's the one that came from a school that wasn't exactly... Known for producing pro quarterbacks. Alabama, though. Look at the guys they have. Jalen Hurts. He he came out of there, and you look at Tua, the way that he's playing right now. Speaking of Jalen Hurts, who coached him his last year of college? Lincoln Riley. Caleb Williams is the one this cycle that is coming from the quarterback factory that is Lincoln Riley, whether it be in Oklahoma or, in this case, at USC. Drake May's the one. Oh, the Bears? Are you going to take another quarterback in the top five from North Carolina? Just like Panther Pants were told over and over again. Hey, you're going to take the guy from Ohio State? The Ohio State thing, it's a real thing, right? All the pressure is going to be on, because of the C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young revisionist history, going to be on taking the guy who has the physical traits and ignoring, oh, the Heisman, and ignoring the, oh, what school did they come from? Wrong or right, that's something that is going to lean the Bears taking Drake May over Caleb Williams. Drake's also going to hold up better to scrutiny. Caleb Williams was coddled at USC. Ducking the media 
multiple times this year and allowed to do so. Drake May faced the music after the Georgia Tech and NC State home losses a year ago. After the tough losses this year, he was always front and center. He talked to the media during the week. That's what pros do. I don't remember Drake May at any point this year openly weeping on the sideline after a loss. Now, I'm an emotional guy. You know, I'm fine with grown men expressing their feelings and crying and such, but on the sideline after you lose a game, the way that Caleb Williams did, uh, these these are fair questions to ask for that position. When you're talking about the guy who's going to be the franchise quarterback, how do you handle your emotions? How do you deal with pressure? Do you face up to the music? Are you accountable? And Caleb Williams was coddled and openly weeping on the sidelines after a loss while Drake May was doing none of that and answered, you know, the questions after games. Caleb, I mean, Drake May's parents aren't out here publicly saying, oh, it'll depend what team's picking number one, whether or not we're going to enter the draft or want to go to a team and talking about partial ownership stakes, giving quotes to GQ like that. It was Caleb's parents talking about that. Like, do you really hear Caleb Williams talk to nationally? Like, do you hear him having to answer questions at any point? Like, get ready. The next five months are going to be intense scrutiny on every throw he ever made, every game he lost, every bit of his personality, his off-the-field things, the fingernail stuff in the Utah game that he lost in the Pac-12 championship. That's a lot of baggage, and there's none with Drake May. So... Is Drake, who's going to hold up better to the scrutiny over the next five months? I think it's going to be Drake May. And let's also not forget, going back to where you came from, where you played, Drake, he performed with a lot less support. He had multiple play callers the last couple of years. Last year it was Phil Longo, this year Chip Lindsey. Caleb Williams dating back to his days at Oklahoma. Oh no, one person calling his plays and it might be the best play caller in college football, Lincoln Riley. Drake didn't throw to a Blitnikoff winner the way that Caleb Williams did last year to Jordan Addison. Fine award the Blitnikoff. <laughs> I voted for Marvin Harrison Jr. Marvin Harrison Jr. ended up winning the award. Well-deserved. Uh, he's not at USC. Drake May isn't. So, get ready. It's not popular opinion right now. Popular opinion says Caleb Williams is going to be the number one pick. It's going to be Drake. Getting ahead of it right now. On X at WSJS Radio, if you want in on today's show, that's where we're streaming video. In addition to YouTube and Twitch, Will Dalton, the executive producer of this show, WD, filled in for me yesterday. Thanks for doing that. You're very much welcome, and you're welcome for your coffee today. Oh, yeah. Thanks to yeah Justin Fields and those Chicago Bears. Just had a feeling about that, watching that while I was off on Florida vacation. Oh, we need to get to this. <laughs> Let this headline sink in. This morning, Charlotte FC announced it has hired Dean Smith as its new manager. Okay, let's get all the jokes out of the way right now. If you've got any, hey, we have concert tickets, right? It only feels fitting that we give away. What concert tickets do we have? Got Hank Williams Jr., yeah, Sticks that's in Raleigh. and Foreigner. Sticks and Foreigner. If you want tickets to any of those shows, call in and give us a Dean Smith Charlotte FC joke, 336-777-1600. Off the top of my head, all I could think is, can they run four corners in soccer? I guess you can. We're going to you know, take it. We're going to kill the clock, and we're going to play a possession game. That's what we're going to do. 
Another David Tepper's finally done it. Brought concerts back to Charlotte. It was concerts. Now he's brought Dean Smith back from the dead. <laughs> if only MJ was still ho- owning the Hornets in Charlotte, he could hold back MJ more. <laughs> Potentially. Okay, that one. Probably. Not the greatest. Do you got any you want to share before we hear from? No, you already hit the four corners thing. That was going to be mine. We can hear from Soccer Dean Smith. Here is Soccer Dean Smith, courtesy of Charlotte FC's Twitter account. Hi, Dean Smith here, the new head coach at Charlotte FC. I'm really looking forward to the opportunity I've been given. I'm really excited about it and looking forward to seeing you all uptown, putting bums on seats and smiles on faces as we win football games together. And togetherness is going to be the key. Togetherness. Okay, I got one more. One more I need to get out of the system before we start. (laughs) Togetherness, huh? Here's an idea, just completely random. Maybe after somebody makes a sweet pass, you can point to the passer. Hi, Dean Smith here. The reaction to the news today, it's actually newsworthy. I thought everybody and their mother would be making Dean Smith Carolina jokes. Mm. I've actually seen just as many people, North Carolina residents saying that those jokes aren't funny or maybe not understanding the significance of Dean Smith. And it's just a reminder of how long 27 years is. Like 27 years plus ago, that's when he stepped down or 26 years plus ago. So there's so many transplants that have arrived in Charlotte and in the state of North Carolina since then that that name doesn't have as much resonance. College basketball as a sport doesn't have as much resonance as it did 26 years ago. And obviously they're, WD was, what year were you born? 1996. I mean, a year before mm-hmm. Dean Smith stepped down. So no memories of Dean Smith. I I feel like somebody needs to hear this message who might not understand it. That Dean Smith, he is literally the most important sports figure in this state's history. Like, I remember I was talking with Ryan McGee about this, our friend at ESPN, and he said, Dean Smith is Bear Bryant in Alabama. Like, if you go in the state of Alabama, you'd see you walk into a grandmother and grand like grandparents' homes, and you'd see framed portraits of Paul Bear Bryant, and that was just a normal thing. Just like I'm sure there are grandmothers and grandfathers here in North Carolina that have framed pictures of Dean Smith hanging on their wall. Like there's nobody else that's close to that. Not Mike Shashesky, not Cam Newton, you name it. Like nobody is close to as important of a figure in this state as Dean Smith was, and now we've got a soccer coach named Dean Smith. It's it's incredible. Hi, Dean Smith here. He's only coached in Europe. Kristen Latanzio, who he replaced after Latanzio took the team to its first ever uh, postseason uh, match, at least coached prior to Charlotte FC with uh, New York Red Bulls. So it's a, I doubt he knows who Dean Smith is from a, Basketball perspective, I doubt college basketball, that big of a deal over there, but that's who Charlotte FC just hired. Dean Smith, the new manager of Charlotte FC. It's the drive with Josh Graham, WSJS. Got a nice surprise for Hayes Permar that we'll get to and skips her plays with Hayes in a moment. Hayes joining us from Sports Channel 8, likely from his theater that he owns in Raleigh, the Rialto. Hey, Hayes. What's going on, guys? How are you doing? Howdy. We're doing great. 
I we have a list of movies that we need to pick between for WD for next week that we'll throw at you in a second. But we have to start with the massive headline of Charlotte <laughs> FC hiring Dean Smith as its new manager. You know, with concerts. Soccer Dean Smith <laughs> is now the manager of Charlotte FC. What's the first thing you thought of when Charlotte FC hired Dean Smith? Well, for me, it was like lame four corners jokes, you know, either four corners, uh, you know, on a soccer field or like wanting to get four corners a game. But so I uh, sourced it with my Sports Channel 8 crew, Ben Swain, the Weather Moose, you know, Josh Goodson and all them. And they had a lot uh, lot better options, some of which, you know, may not be appropriate for air. But uh, (laughs) I like that they asked – they hired Dean Smith because they thought the FC in Charlotte FC spent for fake classes. Hey, thought, that's a good one. That might be one. Uh, I thought, uh, um, oh, Dean Smith, I thought David Tepper was done with hiring dead guys with Frank Reich. Oh, boy. It could be a lot worse than that. Um, yeah, so I, I don't know. I don't, I don't have, uh, maybe, maybe I'll sprinkle in some other ones depending on how the rest of the interview goes, but that, that's where we'll get. What, what, what are the best ones you've heard? Uh, the, the best one that, that I've heard today was just some version of, you know, David Tepper bringing concerts to Charlotte and now bringing people back from the dead. That's, I mean, I, that is, I, I don't know what's a more impressive feat being the first person to bring concerts to the city of Charlotte or to, or right before Christmas, like pulling a Jesus Christ. Um, I, I challenge you, Josh Graham. Jokes aside, you've been good about going to some of these press conferences and asking the question that everyone wants to know, yeah. but all the media seems afraid to ask. Like Mac Brown, will you be back next year? Sure. Like we. Will you go to the Dean Smith press conference and ask him if he knew about the the fake classes scandal <laughs> in the nineties? Was he aware? Like, Dean, I just got to, hey, we need to get this out of the way. Uh, I, I need to be clear, uh, you know? Yeah, or, or, or like, hey, how much how much of a role did you play in bringing um, Matt Doherty to North Carolina? Like, what, what exactly you know, what was your role in doing that? Or just asking him if there's some, if Roy Williams helped him get the job with Charlotte, you know? Sure, or, you know, um, Dean Smith with Charlotte FC. Michael Jordan, uh, hey, like, is he going to continue to hold Michael Jordan back since Michael is a part owner of the Charlotte Hornets? um, I I don't think that uh, pro sports teams in Charlotte really want more association with Michael Jordan uh, right now. I don't think that's – you could ask Dean uh, Dean Smith, now head coach of Charlotte FC, does he feel like he'll be able to connect with the white and the black player, since he's a uh, you know uh, an honorary AFAM major, is that no, no yeah. we can't do that. That that's uh okay. Let's let's give me the the music. Let's go to the sidelines. Yeah, that oh, no. that's enough dead Dean Smith jokes. Okay, yeah, there uh, there it is. Like Hayes Permar is somewhat of a Renaissance man, an expert in the finer things, but he hangs his hat on music. Loves his God, and he's no friend of Satan. Like oh six, getting busy with the sticks, been watching Big Mike and Lil Trick. I just need a Zion and someone he can dunk on. Today Hayes will decide if this music is smash or 
trash glows or blows it's time for skips or plays with Hayes. hit me with the gary hum one more time so we can make sure we've completely turned let's the go page. to the sidelines tony Haynes. okay let's go down to tony here's the surprise i have for you permar it's the holidays <laughs> and 10 years ago this week you on youtube put up the acc carols video <laughs> and so surprisingly good. permar surprisingly 10 years ago yeah you wrote acc christmas carols <laughs> and surprisingly some of them i think actually hold up you get to be the judge on how well some of these hold up 10 okay. years later for example you dedicated our friend jonathan rand doing the vocals on this you dedicated this song in 2013 to Wake Forest football, and it also applies in uh, 2023, I'll Be Home for Christmas. I'll be home for Christmas, no ball game for me. That one does hold up. Let it go. Just let it play. We'll tell you when to go. My Christmas tree. Yeah, these aren't long enough to talk over that. Yeah, much. that's my bad. My bad. Um, that one holds up, but that's context free. Like Wake went to a lot of bowl games between the time that we were singing about Jim Grove missing a bowl game and now the time that we're singing about Dave Clawson finally missing another bowl game. So it holds up, but it's a little unfair to what Clawson's done at Wake. So play or skip? Oh, these are the actual skits of plays? Yeah. That's still a play. That's a banger. That's a Hayes Permar. This one I think is going to tickle you. <laughs> this is one of my favorite ones. Probably my favorite one I heard in the bit. You're a mean one, Heather Denich. You're a mean one, Heather Denich. Your power ranking stink. I'm a male who watches sports a lot. I don't care what you think, Heather Denich. Given the choice between you and an unpaid 13-year-old Bleacher Report contributor, I'd take the unpaid Bleacher Report contributor. Uh, that That's definitely a play. That's solid. I mean, yeah, Heather Dinich probably still catches random flag just for being a female. I do. There's a little bit of... This is going a little bit deeper than you want to go with these right now, but Heather Dinich was a incredible writer a very skilled writer before she ever they started putting on her tv right yeah clearly when they started putting her on tv espn like wanted to give her like a different look which like kind of feeds into the belief that like oh well to be on tv you got like why can't heather dennett's the writer just like turn on her screen and be like hey i was writing and now i'm talking on tv it was it was i felt like it was a little odd it's one thing when ESPN just hires people with their look and is like, here's how they're going to look on camera. Her was like, she'd kind of been on camera before and they're like, we're going to put her on TV a lot. We need to like change her look. And they did. So I, uh, I have questions on ESPN about that one, that but was, Heather Dinich, still a great writer. Hey, Spermar. This, uh, this might be the biggest stretch that we have. Shout out to ACC ref Ron Cherry. This is little cherry ref. We have a call on the play, Paul Rupp-a-Pump-Pump. 
he was giving him the business, pa-ra-pum-pum-pum. Ten yards from the spot on the foul, pa-ra-pum-pum-pum. Automatic first down, pa-ra-pum-pum-pum, pa-pa-pum-pum, pa-pum-pum-pum. I was at that game. It's 15 years old. I don't know if people know who Ron Cherry is anymore. That's a play. Ron Cherry is a legend. Um, and the guy who's actually performing that right there is has been in an off-broad, the most popular off-Broadway show for like the last five years, Little Shop of Horrors. That is Aaron Harrington. He is the voice of the plant. If you go to Broadway, Broadway right now, it's technically off-Broadway only because the theater's a little bit smaller. But it's one of the best shows and one of the longest-running shows that you'll find in uh, in the Broadway district right now. My man Aaron Harrington getting it done. Hayes Permar. Last one I have here, Hayes Permar, 10 years ago, ACC Carols. This is a bonus just because it shows us how much things can change and things can flip. Bring in, uh, bring a torch, Bama fans. Bring a torch, fans from Alabama, flame away on the Seminole boards. <laughs> Flip now. Yeah, yeah, things have things have changed a little bit. I don't even know what happened last year. Did Alabama miss the the college playoff ten years ago and yeah. Florida State made it? FSU with Jameis Winston. Interesting. So yeah. now, now um, it's reversed. So there you go. Hayes Permar. Last thing for you, we'll let you get back to your business at the uh, Rialto. What movie should WD watch next week out of these four options? Are they Christmas options? Two of them. One is definitely one you can argue is. You've got males, 25 years old, four Christmases, Reese Witherspoon and Vince Vaughn, her starring Joaquin Phoenix and Creed. You don't have to watch any of those. What? I mean, I guess maybe you got mail. See, he's seen uh, when Harry met Sally in Sleepless in Seattle. It feels like he has to complete the holy trinity of Magnolian movies. I would I would clear the slate if if that was my poker hand I would like turn in the whole deck and ask for new cards. Thanks for nothing. Give me, Boy, give me better options. All right. Well, I'm keeping it real. I'm keeping it real. <laughs> well, we have one more visit during the calendar year 2023 next week, Permar. We appreciate. Also, you. I, I had I had one more Dean Smith Charlotte FC joke. Oh no no don't do it. <laughs> but I I forgot what it was. All right, I'll talk to you guys. That's terrible. What Let's go to the sidelines. Tony Haynes. I think I'm pretty sure he, I know what he did there. I don't want to ask for sure Mm-mm. if <laughs> that's what he was doing. <laughs> Hit me with that, Gary Hahn, one more time. Let's go to the sidelines. Tony Haynes. I'm sorry I'm a little winded. A lot of talk. This is The Drive with Josh Graham. This year I turned 30. Some will hear that and say, Josh, you're still a very young man. And to you, I say thanks. Others will hear that. Probably those who watch on YouTube or on Twitch and say, ugh, you're kind of old, Josh. And I feel a little bit old by the way some headlines made me feel over the last 24 hours. Like, I could just feel it festering beneath me, as if I was Mike Francesa or Mad Dog Russo, the opinions that I had on 
some North Carolina players going into, you know, declaring for the draft and opting out of a bowl game in Charlotte or the Shohei Otani deal in which we now know he's going to be deferring $68 million of the $70 million that he meet, is set to make each year to 2034, 10 years from now, with the purpose of it allowing the Dodgers to sign more players and to get around the luxury tax. Hey, we don't want you to get murdered by the t- luxury tax, so it's only going to be $2 million a year because of all the stuff off the field Otani makes with being the biggest star in Japan, which is close to $50 million. This goes against the spirit of the rules. Thus, I don't really like it much. However, I'm usually a very pro-player type of guy, and I'm not going to have an issue as long as you are following the letter of the law. And according to Jeff Passan, they are. It's not following the spirit of the rule, but it is following the letter of the law. So why do I have that big of an issue with it? The Dodgers have more money than anybody else. They can do this type of thing in that, I mean, if you look at it, the Dodgers, I don't know if people know this, the Dodgers charge people more than anybody else in baseball to go to Dodger games. Like, their beer costs $15 a pop, and it's probably gone up. Like they charge more than anybody else, yet they still, when you look at Major League Baseball attendance, draw 10,000 more fans than the next closest team in Major League Baseball. So they charge more than everybody else, and they draw 10,000 more than the next closest team. Think about that the next time you wonder how the Dodgers can go out and afford players like Shohei Otani, but... This is the old man in me seeping in. It doesn't seem like they're following the letter of the rule or the spirit of a rule, and that bothers me. When it comes to players opting out of bowl games, this one bothers me a bit too. There's some things that, and this is not like the take I would have three years ago. Guys don't want to risk getting hurt, costing themselves a draft position, especially when they're unpaid athletes. I mean, they're going to get paid in the NFL. That's what we were always told. You're going to get paid in the NFL, so you can't risk your body if you're not getting paid. Well, what do we know about college athletes now? They are getting paid. So I see guys who undoubtedly took a lot of money from fans in order to play at their given school. I'm looking at you, Drake May. Like, I have a pretty good idea that Drake May has made more than a million dollars this year off NIL. Probably. Like, if you look at what coaches are saying, what's being offered, Carolina, if they wanted to retain his services, given what's been offered his way, Drake May is getting paid more than you are, probably, this year to play at North Carolina. Even if it's not a million, it, he's getting paid quite a bit. Does nowhere on that agreement, agreement say that there's an obligation to play in the games this year? Like, to play in all of North Carolina's games? Does anybody who give NIL money get money back for each game that Drake or whoever decides to opt out of? The Tez Walker one. It bothers me, too. Right? For months, I had to hear about this guy had to be eligible. Why? Because his his poor grandmother never had a chance to watch him play in person. Right? And that was a touching story. When he became eligible, his grandmother's finally going to get a chance to play. Where's his grandmother live? Charlotte. Oh, my gosh, what a great story it is that he gets to play in a bowl game in his hometown so his grandmother can watch him play. Tez Walker opts out of the bowl game. What? 
It's so important for him to play. Yo, his grandmother in his home city. Like, this is what we were sold. God, you got to do the right thing by the kid. That's what you need to do. And now he's not going to play in the bowl game. Carolina did all this fighting, threatening to go to court so this guy could play for them. And then given the choice whether he would play for that institution in the final game of the season, despite the fact he, he had missed you know, a significant part of the season, he decides, I'm good. That's amazing to me. And nobody's mad about this? Nobody. So this is me feeling like the old man a little bit. That's it. Feeling like the old man with the way that I feel. The Hornets losing, that doesn't upset me anymore. I don't care anymore. Like, if you still care about the Hornets losing basketball games, eventually they will kill that that drive in your heart. Losing four of their last five. Seven and 14 record. Brandon Miller, though, hey, he shot over 40% the last two games. Got that going for you. Last night was a tough night if you were a Carolina Panthers fan, too. You had to watch Tommy DeVito, ACC legend, have a better game than any Bryce Young game this year. Have a great day and go ACC. You had to watch that. And it's not like the Giants are all that great either. However... The Giants' O-line did not allow a sack last night. Brian Dable in the locker room gave the game ball to the O-line. Do you know what Tommy DeVito didn't do once last night? Throw a ball away. Bryce Young has been sacked 48 times, and he's about to break the NFL record for throwaways in a season. So if you want to explain why Tommy DeVito was that good, it doesn't make it any better for Panther fans watching, except for, hey, that'd be cool if... Our quarterback wasn't getting mauled every play. If he could show what he could do as well. I put up that meme last night (laughs) that has one of those pastors. I think it was Pat Robertson. Actually, I don't think it was Pat Robertson. But the meme says, Jesus, I see what other people, I see what you've done for other people, and I want that for me. (laughs) That's That's how they felt watching Tommy DeVito have an offensive line that's functional. Then Will Levis completed a crazy comeback. Some are saying he might be a better quarterback than Bryce. Over 300 yards passing, Bryce hasn't done that. But look at all the big plays that he had. Like, go back and watch the highlights of the Titans last night and look at the big plays. You're going to notice something. A lot of those are deep balls down the field involving ridiculous catches made by DeAndre Hopkins. Tommy DeVito has an offensive line that doesn't allow a sack. Bryce doesn't have that. And Bryce also does not have a receiver who could do what Nuke Hopkins did last night. And that's a shame. It's a real shame. Yeah. I, I hear people say, oh, they'll, they'll take Will Levis if uh, they could draft this again. Like, if we were redrafting the 2023 draft now, C.J. Stroud probably goes number one. If I'm being honest about it, like, this isn't me saying that's what it's inevitably going to be, but if you could redraft it based on what Will, uh, you know, Stroud's done, even though, by the way, Stroud was sacked four times on Sunday. Do you know how many yards he put up? 93 yards. You know how many times Bryce Young's thrown for fewer than 100 yards in a game? Not once. It almost seems like, hmm. (laughs) It almost seems like when you get sacked a lot and you face a lot of pressure, it's hard to play the quarterback position. Especially if your receivers can't get open. Where were were all the C.J. Stroud guys out there? Where were all the Stroud boys 
Where were they? <laughs> where where were they all last night or on Sunday? <laughs> telling me how bad Bryce was. They were pretty quiet. I, I found it strange. Bryce was having a terrible game, but I didn't hear from the Stroud people. Why? I didn't, can't believe you said that. The Stroud boys? Yeah. <laughs> I don't. Where, where were they on Sunday? Oh, wait. Uh, Stroud had a worse game than, than Bryce has had this entire season. Hmm. Why was that? Four sacks. Ah. Both the Giants and Titans. Where's where's the Gary Hahn drop? <laughs> We've had to give this thing a workout. Let's go to the sidelines. Tony Haynes. I might have to take another vacation. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> wink, wink. Oh, boy. Might have to take another <laughs> vacation. Both the Giants and Titans, they had bottom five records in the league. Carolina's one win. Looks even worse. It was a tough night last night if you were a Panthers fan having to watch all that. Per App State coach Dustin Kearns' orders, Will watched No Country for Old Men for the first time last night, and WD, call it. Call it, friendo. At the movies with the WDs next. I don't watch a lot of late night TV, but while I was in Orlando, I saw that Jimmy Kimmel was on. And who did Kimmel have on? But Bill Burr talking about his new tour and the fact that he is the first comedian to have a comedy show at Fenway Park, given that he's from Massachusetts and he has a special on Netflix from Red Rocks that's really good. He has a Netflix movie that just came out. He announced a new tour on Kimmel as well that you can get tickets for Lawrence Joel Veterans Memorial Coliseum, the Joel, next May. Go to the Joel's website to get tickets to see Bill Burr. Again, it's on May 18th that he will be visiting Joel Coliseum here in the Triad. Now let's get to the important stuff. A couple weeks ago, before his team upset Auburn in Boone up on the mountain, App State coach, hashtag take the stairs, Dustin Kern said, hey, WD, it's ridiculous that you haven't seen No Country for Old Men. We agreed. So we made him watch it last night. What did he think about it? We find out right now at the movies with the WD. Unless you're talking about Star Wars. Obi-Wan has taught you well. Movies aren't exactly Will's thing. I don't get it. You uncultured swine. But that's about to change because Josh can't stand it anymore. This is At The Movies with Will Dalton. What you liked, what you didn't like, best quotes, Rotten Tomatoes score, and who killed JFK? We're going to do that again. Who did kill JFK? Let's start there, WD. Eh, Lee Harvey Oswald. He acted alone? Or the aliens. Whoa. <gasps> Takes. Yeah. This movie came out in 2007. What did you like about it? No Country for Old Men. Just to be frank with you, this was just a badass movie. Yeah. It really was. Like, So you you had me watch the trailer for it last week and I immediately was like okay this thing looks really good because it's just Have kind you, of you haven't seen Django still right no I haven't right but like when you say badass well. movie I think oh this had a sick uh soundtrack and it was over the top with these 
these action scenes. Oh, he's got two pistols and he's jumping out a window and it's like Denzel. Like, this does not have the normal characteristics of what would follow badass action movie. Like, that's... Did you even say it was an action movie? No. Okay, yeah. It's a badass movie. Yeah, but like, there's a quietness and a stillness to this movie that is uncommon. Mm -hmm. And if you rewatch it, notice... The long stretches of this movie that are without dialogue and that are without music, they're able to build drama Mm -hmm. without those two crutches to tell a story that's still pretty easy to understand what's going on. That's that's the part that makes this movie an achievement by the Coen brothers. And when I watch a movie like this, the kills are very important. And some of the kills in this movie, like, were just brutal. Like that, the sil- that big old silencer he had on the gun. Not a real thing, by the way. Like that, they created it for this movie. Oh, did they? The weapon, it is amazing. <laughs> that what Chigur has. That air compressor thing that he sticks up to the dude's head. That might be the thing that I like the most. That Chigur as a villain might be the best. Oh man. I put him on the Mount Rushmore or on the medal stand of the best villains of the last 25 years, or at least the 21st century, and I'm trying to think what's in consideration. It's Joker, the Heath Ledger Joker. It's Commodus in Gladiator. For sure. It's this, and who else would be in that conversation? Um, Maybe the girl from Gone Girl. Have you seen Gone Girl? I'm not... I don't... Well, think so? Ben Affleck? I don't think I've seen it. You know what? It was on a poll one time, and we it didn't win it. Okay. Well, there's a villain in that movie that really stands out, too. Like, I'm not going superhero division mm-hmm. with Thanos or anything like that, but there you go. What didn't you like? So, you said something interesting to me when you saw me uh, earlier today, like, asking how I liked the movie, and I was like, I liked it, and you were you were like, I'm surprised the ending kind of didn't... A lot of people don't like the ending because it was very sudden and slow. It, it was, and when you said that, it did kind of make me... Like, because that didn't deter me from liking the movie. I still liked the movie, but the ending was kind of a little bit anticlimactic I guess you could say the more I watched the movie the more I loved the ending just because of how bold it was that they ended it that way and then I woke up yeah right the fact they ended it that way is kind of the point of the movie and the stillness of it and the quietness I was just talking about is kind of the point of the movie no country for old men it's about like old men realizing that they don't have a step as big of a step as Mm -hmm. they had and Tommy Lee Jones always being behind and all this uh, what I didn't like rewatching is just there aren't really movies like this that are put out anymore. Everything has to be a superhero movie or IP or has to be way over the top if you're going to do a Western slash action, whatever. Uh, I wish we had a movie like this every year. And it's kind of crazy that this came out the same year as There Will Be Blood and it was shot in the same city as There Will Be Blood, like or the town right next door in West Texas. So. These two iconic movies, two of the five best movies of the last quarter century, were shot at the exact same time in a small, isolated area in West Texas. That's just a crazy thing to consider. All right, best quote. Mr. 
You got a bone sticking out of your arm. Look at that freaking bone. <laughs> uh, the best quote's probably, I got here the same way the coin did. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Call it. Call it. Call really, it. Really, the entire exchange with that old man at the at his service shop. Yeah. I got to know what I stand to win. Hold still for a minute. <laughs> Lewin, your mama is dead. <laughs> I was shocked to learn that that actress is British. I tell you, it's crazy some of these accents they can do. Yeah, pretty good. All right, Rotten Tomatoes score. Let's see what if you can get it within five. 86. The Rotten Tomatoes score for No Country, 86%. Let's go. Is that the first time you got one on the head? I, it might be the second time. Wow. Look at that. This is movie 83. Getting good at this. And that's been At the Movies with the WD.